0: Rustabella, how you doing, man? Good to see you this week. Doing great. Beautiful day in bay. Yeah, 100%. A day in bay. Anyway, let's get straight into it because we have a lot of a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, on our docket today, we're going to talk about... Um, you have more RFK here. T- I don't know what you're talking about. We're there. You'll go into that. Hold on. Let me just go through the docket. Uh, we have the, the Russian, in air quotes, coup exile thing that happened that we didn't touch on last week because it was just rolling out when we were talking about or when we were recording and we had no clue what was going on. Uh, We have three SCOTUS cases that we want to talk about. That's overturning affirmative action, um, ruling against the student loan forgiveness, and the rejection of the so-called independent state legislature theory. We have some local news. We have Kid Cuddy and Mr. Mayor Justin Bibb having conversations via Twitter and on the phone call. And then we have new amazon um, data center moving into ohio which is a huge huge deal i want to start with codis is that okay with you oh
1: yes i'm i'm loving life whatever we want to do
0: all right my friend which one which one do you want to start with
1: well i think the most recent one and selfishly the one that affects you know my house is um is the student loan forgiveness one you know so I didn't read it. I heard from some of my lawyer friends. Uh, this just
0: start reading these things, my friend. I know, you're, I got it. Well, it was just yesterday.
1: Well, you're he, the resident lawyer. Like, I'm this the is where, lawyer. This is where you're supposed to be shining. Right. Well, that's the thing, but it just came out yesterday. I had to go to Moulin Rouge with my, my wife last night. Which is a play at Playhouse? Play at Playhouse, yes, yes, based off the movie or whatever. Uh, it was a lot of fun, but the point, but there, it seemed like the Supreme Court waited for this one, speaking on the fact that why I haven't read it, to make it kind of a Friday news dump type of a thing i mean we've seen the supreme court kind of leak opinions then the fight is about who leaked it you know the supreme court's uh become quite politicized obviously and so um all i know is <laughs> my wife and i thought that that she would get 10 20, she has pell grants so 20 grand off her she went to case law school you know student debt well, she may still get it because Biden and their team is kind of finagling a new way to get around this decision and maybe to work with Congress on it, right. which is I think what the Supreme Court told them they have to do. Again, I didn't. It was just Friday afternoon, Friday news dump. But um, a couple lawyer friends texted me, you know, this is bullshit. They shouldn't have had standing. Standing is, you know, the legal concept of why are you in court? Are you affected by this decision? You know, do you have the right to sue? Uh, and so that's kind of how they threw out the case, uh, again, uh, of trying to overturn ICWA, the, the Native American uh, statute is unconstitutional. They just told the, the party bringing the case, hey, you don't have standing to bring this case. You know, Of course, this is something that Congress can do. So that's my understanding of the decision is Joe Biden can't do this, this way. And so, um, there's a touch of, or a significant amount of animal farm in this, you know, I I don't know that no matter how team Biden or whatever future president and Congress tries to do this, the Supreme court is going to allow it. They have allowed Obamacare, you know, but it is a politicized Supreme court. I think what's constitutional, what's not constitutional depends on the makeup of the court. It's kind of silly to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean my wife is uh, shit out of luck uh, for the foreseeable future um, they're going to resume payments in August um, I think you know obviously I'm going to hear from you but I, one thing that you've said consistently is hey we have to fix the system you know these one-off these one-off kind of things Um, that's not helping anybody. And while I would kind of disagree, I literally would help my wife and I, I think you're right, going forward, right, for the next generation, the young generation, kids in high school right now, we need to fix the entire system. So I'm upset that we can't get this loan forgiveness or whatever, we've seen subsidies. Subsidies seem to go to who's the connected and who's the most rich among us, right? That's all this really is, is a subsidy, you know, to people like my wife. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. I, again, Friday news dump. So I'm going to read this one because this one takes $20,000 out of our, you know, out of our savings, you know?
0: Right. Right. Um, a couple of things that you said there that I was thinking about is number one is you said that the courts were politicized. The courts have always been politicized, um, because that's why you have liberal and conservative judges. Now being politicized with a DNR and Republican and Democrat kind of like, I guess, encampments. This is, I think, new, but Courts have always been politicized because that's why you have presidents recommend people for the court, because they're going to be more in line with what the president wants. So that, that, I, think, I think people have to understand that, that courts have always been that way, especially Supreme Courts. Um, and, uh, but we, I think we have a new thing here, and I don't want to call it politicized, but we have party affiliation politics playing out within rulings, which is different than it being politicized or ideologized. Uh, or, or have an ideological uh things you're butting your tongue ross
1: no 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 i i, I think that's kind of well said i, I think that it, it always has been politicized right if you're a conservative president you appoint conservative justice because that aligns with the voters that uh got elected you, in there. you. Right. so yeah. i i i think that's um not incorrect though. There's more, like I was talking about leaking the decisions now, you know, doing, you know, things like that. I I definitely think that winning news cycles and, and things like that is they, these are very, very passionate topic. They make people want to protest, you know, and so, uh, the, the height of tensions right now is as high as it's ever been. So I do think there's, you know, nuance in in what the court does and how it decides to operate. And are they going to open investigations into Clarence Thomas? And oh, that's never happened before. That's new. So, the definition of a, a politicized court uh, evolves. We'll say put it like that. Yeah.
0: Okay. I I, I understand that. Um, again, I I never was for the student loan forgiveness. Um, for for multiple reasons and that we have went into many times on the show um first of all i don't i don't think it fixes anything like i said it's given people that are privileged enough to have went to university um or made that decision uh twenty thousand dollars off uh, and and you're basically again playing winners and losers with who gets some sort of forgiveness if we want to talk about forgiveness of of things that really affect people's lives uh housing prices are out of control i mean you can't buy a house in California for under a milli, so it's like if you live there, you're kind of screwed. Um, you know, New York rents, and you know, even rents here in Cleveland, we could talk about. You know, where we're average two bedroom is now over around what, eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars, when back in the back just you know five, six years ago, we're talking about maybe in the seven, eight hundred dollar range. So, so I mean, look, there's a lot of people that are struggling right now and that need need help, and this is just one way of, I think, dividing the nation. I always thought it was a divider. And it didn't really address the real problems where we have, you know, um, a lot of schools, universities with huge endowments. I think what uh, Harvard has around $50 billion in endowments going down the line. We're talking about like, you know, Yale, Texas, you know, they have multiple billions, billions. I'm talking about tens of billions of dollars in endowments. Uh, but meanwhile, they're charging students a, a shit ton of money to go there. I mean, and, and, and we're, you're making higher education completely out of reach for the majority of Americans. And an educated populace um, is a productive, innovative, um, and and democratic populace. And so by putting this out of reach, we are further destroying, in my opinion, our economy and our democracy. So giving away, um, and again, no hate to somebody. If, if the government said, hey, here's $20,000, good for you, take that shit put it in the bank, pay off your loans, whatever it is. right? Another thing that I always never liked about any of these government policies is that you make this kind of weird distinction between who's rich and who's poor. And so, for example, this one had the, the caveats of, or the, yeah, I'm just gonna call it a caveat of, if you're single under 125,000, you can get this forgiveness. If you're a married couple under 250. And that doesn't make sense. And I just always hated those things, kind of like with the EV tax credits. It's like, if you make under $150,000, you can get an EV tax credit. And it's like, what are you really trying to do here? Are you trying to help people out? Are you not trying to help people out? And that $125,000 a year means two different things. If you're in Topeka, Kansas, Cleveland, Ohio, or Los Angeles, California, or New York. I lived in California. I made $100,000 a year even. Uh, My take home was $5,700 a paycheck, and after taxes, federal and state, and so on and so forth. And my rent was twenty six hundred. Now, of course, I could have roommates. Of course I could have cut my spending. I think if I really want to budget, I could come out with a thousand dollars savings a month. But I broke even. And I you know what? It wasn't worth it for me to scrimp if I could, you know, just 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 live a good life. But that was with a hundred grand, right? A hundred grand in Cleveland, Ohio Woo. is a is a different ballgame. Yeah. I, I am I'm gonna be doing a little bit better,
1: you know? <laughs> Absolutely no, no doubt about that. People, a... I don't know if people really Understand or feel that difference. That that's well exactly right. So
0: so I mean so we, we put these arbitrary barriers on who can get what, and that all of a sudden makes some people think that oh if you make 125 you're rich. All those rich people in California, all those Topeka people maybe if they're in or Cleveland where we have an average salary of around what 45 thousand dollars a year or something, and if you're in East Cleveland it's around you know 23 or 24, 25, 26 something like that. Um, you make this other like, Oh, those are the rich people, you know? And I think that's just a bad precedent. Um, and again, second, my final point with this is you're not also uh, equating the, the jobs that they have, the debt that they have, their potential earnings that they have and the place that they live. So, I mean, this is all a calculation for people. So it's like, Hey, I live in New York, I make 125, let's just call it 130 because now I don't qualify, but I am um, a doctor in residency that has, that's going to come out with $400,000 in debt. That's a different ballgame than, say, somebody that went to you know, law school, it has uh, $200,000 in debt, but is making uh, 200 in, in Northeast Ohio. That's a, I mean, well, let's just call it 130. With 130 in Northeast Ohio, it keeps the same. That's a whole different ballgame, right? So, so again, this was rolled out sloppy. I think that it would have created division. I think that it was applied unfairly. I know that individuals would have been happy to get that money. Everybody would have, but it didn't solve the problem. It was rolled out sloppy. It was not thought out. It didn't, it didn't solve the problem and it didn't take out in any kind of, um, accounts of, of, of cost of living debt profession, um, potential earnings in, into, into account. Um,
1: well, well, yeah, because you know, your point is very well taken. And it's the same thing that you talk about in regards to the minimum wage. Different strokes for different folks, different markets. Um, just, that's just a reality of the big United States of America. We're a big place with different specialties in different places and different costs. Um, I tweeted out something yesterday that gets beyond this student loan debt forgiveness. There is no political will, because they politicize this. Just like we talking about the court, they politicize this. There's no political will, and this will get to what you were talking about, from either party to give taxpayers back 10, 20, or 50, because Biden campaigned, uh, many of the Democratic candidates and campaigned 50, right? on 50 grand right. for student loan debt. For there is no political will, right? Like Obama, right? Would he do $8,000 if you buy a house? Um, there's no political will from either party, no matter how much they tell you they care about you or parents' rights or whatever their issue that they're telling you they care about. There is no political will to give you back anywhere from five to 50,000 of your tax dollars. And we, what, what really the populist rage is, yes, this has been a politicized issue and people are on the right are pissed off about it for some of the reasons what you said, but we see how much money we're giving Ukraine. That's me and your tax dollars. You know, We could choose the debt we wanna pay off, whether it's our mortgage, whether it's our student loans, whether it's a car, whatever, whether we wanna take vacations. Our Americans feel like their tax dollars are being wasted. And my parents, they're still alive, they're in their 70s, have paid a shitload of taxes. I myself have paid a shitload of taxes. You know? And so people are really pissed off at the mismanagement of our tax dollars. Some people do want the 20, I know my wife, me and my wife, I can tell you for a fact. Some people do want it in that form, whatever. But whatever the form, you are not getting, we are not getting any rebates. We are not getting any rebates because what you say holds water. There's a ton of people that have arguably smartly and are intelligently decided not to go to college. Now maybe they would have if this wasn't in the face, right. If this wasn't facing you. Right. You know, the broken for-profit system, like you were talking about with all the endowments and how much they charge you and things like that.
0: Well, I mean, we, we, we could, you could just put it just opposed to buying a house. I mean, there's some people that didn't move out of their cities to a cheaper place because their family was all there. So they're like, you know what? We're gonna stomach it. We're gonna pay, pay for a half a million dollar house, try to you know, afford this as much as we can because our mom and our dad and our grandparents and our cousins and our sisters and brothers are all here. Damn it, this is an expensive city. So we're gonna tr- try our best to afford a house here and they're paying their mortgage, and it sucks when they know they could have went somewhere else. And so people make choices all the time, you know, based off of, and, you know, we do have unaffordable housing. We do have unaffordable higher education. uh, We do have unaffordable health care, and people make choices all the time, and to cut one person, one group of people in, it's a big group of people, 43 million people with student loan debt, uh, but it, it, it really divides the country and the choices that people make every single day about how they're gonna manage their finances, how they're gonna manage their risk, how they're gonna manage their debts. And it is it is not right to cherry pick like that. Um, the second but, of all- se- But real- we do
1: cherry pick. We do subsidize, like we said, this, uh, this thing that just sunk underwater, right? They got their PPP loan forgiven. I was, just, know, gonna, y- yeah, I was so just gonna- So we, cho- we do pick, we do pick.
0: I was gonna just say that and I think the PPP loans were wrong too. Yeah. Uh, so it's like, I'm, I'm not trying to, you know, say, oh, that one was right, but this right. one's wrong. No, PPP loans was rolled out wrong, and it was a stupid, stupid idea. It was a stupid idea. I mean, and honestly, I think it was a government overreach to close down people's businesses in that in that manner. And then it was even stupider idea of the way they tried to fund them. And it. And was, it, was, it was all around the board. It was a dumb
1: government, total screw-up. And that, I think that's why you have this populist rage. And people are really pissed off. That's why... You know, I think there are Medicare for all people. I'm a Medicare for all person. I think we should have Medicare. But I think now there's a lot of people that are so disenfranchised with the United States government that they just can't trust the government to to, to run anything. Now, I'm not like that because I, I know things evolve over time and what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So I don't necessarily feel that way. Uh, but the point is, I don't think people are wrong for voting for biden or you know elizabeth warner who or bernie sanders whoever it was for saying you know hey we did away with public education you go to ohio state for you know first of all you're probably not they don't get in as much from ohio as they used to second of all even if you get in it's very high this is not our parents and our grandparents state colleges right you know so now if you're like oh well i took out god a hundred thousand dollars in loans and you get 20 people campaigning and saying, "Hey, we can do this. This is one thing I want to do because, you know, we're the government, but other countries are offering public education. We're not even really offering it anymore, unless you go to like Tri C or something like that. You know, uh, this is one of my proposals. This is what I'm campaigning on. So I don't fault people for voting for those candidates, and I think that Biden, or you know, won an election, won a primary, won a general." You know they should fight for what they campaigned on and what they told voters. So I'm with you. It's it, it, we are doing stupid things all around PPP. You know whatever the issues may be, but some these candidates have to campaign on some type of policy proposals and promises. And you had we've had a lot of Democratic leadership now, but yet Trump was in for four years, appointed a few judges justices, and. People don't know where to turn. People don't. They just kind of know the government's against me. But how it operates is tough. Tough for me to figure out. You know, what policies can we vote for?
0: Well, it's not even about voting for policies. I don't think that that is a, even the issues. I think that you have a lot of people that campaign on policies. But the fact of the matter is, is politicians. I, I honestly, what, what's the word? Politicians are politicians because they're really good at figuring out what they, what you want to hear. And, but but they're not really good um, uh, executioners. Oh sure. So 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 or they're not really realistic about how what they can get done. Uh, and if and that's the problem with if you want an honest politician that says hey you know what I want Medicare for all, uh, but realistically I'm probably not going to get it, but I will vote on things that try to work us that way. People will be like oh well you're not really serious are you? And so they'll vote against you. But and that, that's the honest thing. So I do pe- feel like we get people that are campaigning for these policies, and I do feel that people elect these people for policies, but at the end of the day, um, there isn't the political will to get them done. Like your tweet said, there isn't the political will to get them done because because the political, to do something big means that more than likely you're gonna have to go against the grain for the greater good. And then you look for the ROI on that decision. And if the ROI, the return on investment of that decision Equate[s] to less votes in the future than you could if you just shut the fuck up and play the either the status quo or just read kept what done, the
1: Consultants tell you to read.
0: Read what the consultants tell you to read, or you know, continue to tell people you will do something right. and, and c- continue that hope. Uh, then, then you won't do it. And so let's just let's just call um, student loan forgiveness. But I didn't try to do it. Don't.
1: He tried to do 20, he campaigned on 50.
0: Exactly, exactly. And, he, he, for, some, and for some reason, some, somebody uh, found out that this was gonna be the best ROI for the dollar, right? That this could motivate people up there. And, and it wouldn't surprise me if they don't make a move on this until past 2024 election, because they're gonna dingle this carrot to get people out to vote, you know what I'm saying? Like this is now the the next issue. Like, right. hey, get out to vote because we you, if you want twenty thousand dollars, judges, judges, judges. We need to have Biden there, so because yeah. we, we need more judges, or we, we need, need to, to fight the, this. we need to
1: overturn the filibuster. We need more than fifty senators. So, so uh,
0: you people really need the people need to start voting people out more than they do vote people in. God and, damn, and,
1: that's brilliant. That's what I've been saying.
0: <laughs> because as you said, that's why it's brilliant. No, and but what even comes with this, it's like, if you don't see the change that you want, then you, it's, don't don't say, oh, it's the government. No, it's you, it's the voter. Vote these people out that's been incumbencies for you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 40, 50 years even. And it's not just because they have name recognition. And so, yeah. I don't know where I want to go with this, but I want to move on to affirm- Yeah, fair
1: enough. No, I think that's, that's a good discussion and, and it's a nuanced issue. It's not as simple as 10 or 20, you know, there's a whole country to worry about. Uh, but I do know, like you said, we need to fix the system, so.
0: Um, affirmative action, thoughts?
1: Well, uh, to keep it to what the decision is limited to, right, it's like Harvard and North Carolina can't use race as a basis for admission. Uh, people can I guess in their in their letters or whatever talk about how race has affected them and their journey and their growth and their obstacles and things like that Um, this is one that uh, I well obviously uh, without knowing the nuance of however many pages this decision is I generally disagree with um, as somebody who worked in the court system for so long worked at a uh, basically an all-black law firm in the city of Cleveland and the criminal justice system in Cleveland for about 10 years. Um, race is still very um, inhibiting to to black people. Um, we have a criminal justice system that I believe, based on my experiences, is racist, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, then we have a court system, just talk about employment, public employment, um, it's kind of a buddy-buddy system. You know, I helped a black woman get elected. She's only the second black woman ever elected judge, 34-person bench. It's been around for a long, for decades, if not a century. Um, then you go in there, and all the other courts and HR and stuff, it's is just all these kind of white people. A lot of Ignatius, a lot of Eds, a lot of Bay Village, you know, a lot of there's a lot of kind of normal nepotism there. Not like evil or deceitful nepotism, just kind of natural nepotism. You hang out with and you hire who you know. And we have still kind of segregated cities, segregated communities, you know, parts of the country. So that's maybe a little bit bigger way of saying, I still think race plays a factor. And But I wanna see how this plays out, right? will harvard north carolina institutions other institutions are they all of a sudden going to stop accepting minorities i don't think so you know i don't so so it's we haven't done you know we haven't done full rehabilitation of this country and this country's history from slavery onward you know um and we're still working at it there's a lot more representation of minorities but there's still a lot of racism and you know, nepotism that goes on in every sector, from universities to courts to business, right? Amazon, whatever the case may be. And so you do need diversity, we know that. Um, diversity is education, right? Schools are still too segregated, uh, like lower schools. Um, so I don't agree with the decision, but I'm also willing to let it play out to see, hey, is this all of a sudden gonna mean Harvard ain't got no black people? I, I mean, I don't think so, but I also think we have to look at it from a class perspective. You know, Should we have affirmative action at this point for poor people, you know, people that don't have the means to go to Harvard and UNC and things like that? You know, That's an issue as well. These are all intermingled issues. So that's my thoughts.
0: So I have a lot of thoughts about this. Um, and um, The This was coming for a long time. We, we knew that this was coming for a long time. Uh, California banned um, affirmative action to be applied in, in schools, admissions back in the 90s. And everybody I remember and everybody was just like, oh, well, California's a liberal place, and see what they did, so why don't we do it for, you know, for the rest of the country? And so we knew this was going to happen for a long time. It's just when. So it happened now, right? And the... And the argument that is we let's just talk about this court case. And I think that this court case is super interesting because of the argument that's being made. And this was be was made by Asian-Americans or um, that were applying to Harvard that felt that they were being discriminated against because of affirmative action, even though that they're, they were checking the boxes, right? And what they found out is that uh, there was a lot of Asian-Americans that were scoring in the top percentile— um, but not, but not getting into Harvard or, or, or um, these uh, Ivy League schools, even though other people that were, were were benefited by affirmative action were scoring in say like the the fortieth percentile, was getting in there and over the people who are getting in there with the highest scores, the highest GPAs, the highest you know SATs, and so on and so forth. And so, if you're looking at this from a merit point of view, and a merit point of view meaning that hey, we um, studied hard. We did the, we checked the boxes and we are at the top of the class and I'm not getting in because we have to kind of like put this on a curve for other people. How, how, then what do I do now? What do I do? And you're saying that it's because I'm Asian. So I'm Asian descent. Now I don't get the benefit, even though I put in the work. That's an interesting conversation, right? And that's an interesting dynamic. Another thing that I heard was, um, from people for like Chinese immigrants or uh, Japanese immigrants or any kind of Asian American immigrant uh, families or just Asian Americans in general, they said that their their thing was like, hey, we are also people of color, uh, and why do we have to pay the burden of not getting admitted into Harvard for the way black blacks were treated in America? This is not my debt to pay, so why am I being punished for this? And I thought that was a very interesting way to look at it as well. Oh yeah. The other the other interesting way to look at it was actually what Clarence Thomas said, uh, or has been on the record of saying a couple times. He's like, you know, what you, what you said is like, when you go to these universities, there's a, a whole class thing. There's a whole, like, there's people who are legacy um, uh, from, you know, from these Ivy League schools. Where their parents went there, their grandparents went there, so on and so forth. They're rich. They, they're people.
1: C- network connections. Network
0: connections, yeah. names on buildings and mm-hmm. shit like that. And so people some, people, some of the students that are there feel that they deserve and they belong there. And there's other people that are trying to work their ass off to get there. And some of them do, right? And so when you get there, and if you go in there with affirmative action, like um, uh, Clarence Thomas is believed to have benefited from, he, his thing that he always said was, was, did I actually deserve to be here or was it just because I'm black? And especially if you're trying to get into that kind of you know circle or that those people, that, or try to get people to think that you are deserving of something, does, it's really hard to overturn that in yourself to say, did I actually get here for merit? And is affirmative action actually taken away from my confidence building of my own merit and my own hard work? And I think that's also an interesting uh, conversation. I think that when it comes to Harvard um, and any of these schools, that you need to have pure transparency of the application process as well in order for us to judge it down the line and also to see how it's being played out. And so if you say, hey, let's take away affirmative action, what are the checklists? What are the guidelines? What, what are the things that you're looking at? And do we see all the applicants? Do we see the whole list of applicants? Not just your stats that you report to us. Do we see them all? And do we see that the guidelines are being uh, uh, applied to the applications and the admittance fairly and with a standard across? Them? And I think that's going to that's be important going, going forward. Um, but with that, I know like, schools should want a diverse populace. Um, and I, I don't think that affirmative action will change that. The, overturning this, I honestly I think that it will probably. Uh, I personally think that it will expand it because schools are going to want to make sure that they have a diverse populace. And I'm not talking just about race, but I'm talking about extracurricular activities, uh, the way that they, the way that people learn, or the the way that they put their um, knowledge into practice, is going to be ways that they, uh, you know, apply this. For example. Um, I'm am horrible on, on, on paper. You know, I don't look good on paper if I was going to go into something. But there's some people that, that go into situations like myself that once you get into that situation, you exceed over everybody else. You or you excel over everybody else. Um, and I and that's by creativity, work, ethic. work yeah. ethics, um, just being an out of the box thinker, and honestly, a pain in the ass. Um, you know, they're going to be. I think that people are going to look for different uh, ways to diversify the school. And that's going to come from a lot of different, you know, aspects. And so I think, honestly, um, I'm I'm, ex- I'm excited to see how this plays out. The most, I'm, I'm excited to see how this plays out, and I'm I'm also excited to see. And excited may be the wrong word. I'm I'm, I'm very looking forward to seeing what this does, um, but also how this also dominoes into other aspects of American the American life, American culture, if you're gonna see it in businesses and jobs and corporate hiring practices and so on and so forth.
1: Well, yeah, will this really, I wanna say something that I think gets to every, a lot of what you're talking about, you know, the bubble society is really uh, misinformational or, or miseducational. And so me personally, right, I went to uh, Notre Dame Elementary School I went to preschool in Chesterland, Ohio. I went to Notre Dame Elementary School. Private I went school, to... school, rich kid. Yeah, I mean, well, I don't think that. That's more... Uh, there's schools that are rich. Ours was not that. I could tell you the tuition. But uh, Notre Dame Elementary School, Notre Dame Cathedral Latin High School. So from preschool to K through 12 and living in Chesterland, I didn't have much, if any, diversity. You know? And so... Uh, but I'm a very good student. Whereas you said maybe you're not so good on paper. I'm quite phenomenal on paper. You know? But... The fact that I could be good at algebra or calculus or history, my history at NDCL didn't teach us nothing about Native Americans, very little about the plight of black Americans. Um, and then boom, I get to Ohio State as a freshman, which at that time was the most diverse, was the most diverse university <laughs> in the country. And I think the whole world, Ohio State in, in 01, it was extremely diverse. That's Again, diversity is education. I mean, that in and of itself uh, was educational, you know, and it will spark your interest, right? right? It'll make you want to learn more, make you want to expand your horizons and just learn different perspectives and, and things like that. So um, a university would be hurting its student body to not have Asian Americans, uh, European Americans, African Americans, you know, and from every continent. And that's what Ohio State had, that Ohio State had kids from all 50 states, and I can't even remember how many countries. It was amazing. Right. And so, um, yeah, you would be doing your student body a disservice to make it more bubblish. You know, we've got to get out of the bubbles. So.
0: No, I, I 100% agree with that. So I, I, don't, I, I personally don't feel that this is going to have much impact. Um, I think that it's going to make things more um, transparent when it comes to how emissions are, are ran because there will be more lawsuits. Why didn't I get in? You know, or, or please show me who got in, who didn't. You know, you don't have to name names, but you have to give, give me statistics and what your criteria is, and I and I think that I think that we are going to have. I think we are going to have universities really take a look at the new way that they that this is going to allow them to shape their their universities, and figure out criteria that is honestly, maybe even more inclusive.
1: Well, it needs to be because like, like what you were saying about, you know, students saying, show me who got it. Many parents and and administrators would tell you, well, these tests, you know, you're gonna do better on these tests. If you come from this background and have this much amount of money, you know what I mean? Just like we were talking about golf one podcast, you know what I mean? If you have more money, (laughs) you're gonna be more likely to become a golf professional. Right. You know, so, Um, The test scores is a whole other issue in and of itself, which many people say, well, that doesn't reflect my knowledge and my diversity and my history and things like that. Well, I think it's
0: going to play out in the market as well. So, for example, let's just say Harvard pivots to uh, only test score merits and the highest test scores go to Harvard. Well, you're going to have you're going to have those people come out of uh, Harvard with degrees that might not be the best fit for a lot of these corporations and they're gonna be like oh well you're a merit based and you're you're a book a little book nerd and that's great uh but you really don't know how to do anything you have no experience in creative thinking whatever or or whatever they'll 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 put on that and so that's why that's why honestly i think that taking this uh, this um away could actually influence you know i guess again more um creative way and this is going to cover their asses too you know, they're not gonna just say, "Hey, it was only merit-based," because I think that that's not what the corporate world is gonna want. They're gonna say, "Hey, you know what? We're actually we're gonna have this merit aspect, which is gonna be 20% of oh, you getting in here with your SAT scores. But again, were you in? Were you in drama? Were you in? Uh, you know, um, extracurriculars? How did you perform there? What did you do for your community? Um, just talk to me. Are you a are you a gregarious, charismatic person that really? You know, we need you there too, as well as we need these introvert nerdy motherfuckers. Right, right, you right. know, so. Like, I I honestly think that this is going to really take, allow schools to take a deep look at what kind of environment they wanna create. And again, there will be schools that say, we're gonna be merit-based on just SAT scores. And there's gonna be other schools, like, and we're gonna, I bet you, I will bet you, the ones that have a very good, rich plan of who they accept to create the most diverse education possible on that campus, is going to be the best universities going forward. Full stop.
1: I, I see, I would agree with that last point. I, I would just say, again, coming from where I've come from, my history with with just the criminal justice system, my jobs, my univer- my schooling, um, I would still say the top 1% of this country uh, from a wealth perspective and on the boards of universities and all this is largely still white male. So uh, I think you can get good in just, I like what you're talking about, you can get white males who have a worldly appreciation, and you can get bubble white males. You know what I mean? So, um, it's. I think you're right. It will play out in the market, and the and like I was saying, if, if you if you do have diversity at your school, you know, and different test different test means of how you're going to decide. You shouldn't be not uh, admitting Asian Americans. You know what I mean? That that should have a shot at your university because that. But that's, that's one concept, um, my spot, you know, that's a very uh, kind of narrow-minded view of anything, my spot, you know what I mean? And so um, I do agree with, with you. It is gonna play out in the market. Uh, we need to continue to embrace diversity and uh, in higher education and then in the employment world, so.
0: And, and I think that the, we do also have to admit that proximity to resources and diversity and, um, and capital you do give people an upper, you know, a, a head start on certain things. Like they're starting on second while we're starting on first or they're starting out third while we're starting on um, not even coming up to bat. We're on the bench. This actually plays out in China um, quite a bit. And it's actually been a very big discussion around of among people who go to university there. So they have something in high school called the Gaokao, which is, is the um, kind of like our SATs, and once you take those, this actually determines where you go to university. If you score X, you can go to Y, right? Um, and there's a range of it, obviously. There's more factors, but if you want to go to Beijing University or Tsinghua, then you're going to have to be the top of the top, because those are the best universities. Other than that, going down, you can go to Fudan or you know, um, whatever. Um, but the scores... Of acceptance for these universities are different between different from the different places you live in China. So if you're from a first-tier city like a Beijing or Shanghai, where you have access to a, the best schools, like for example, where I lived, uh, I was in a place called Wudaokou, which was between the two best universities. So you want you want to be you know you want to go to one of those universities, and you're in that area with the smartest people all the time, with the smartest tutors, with the smartest you know vocational schools, and the you know all that money there. Uh, you're going to have to have a higher score, right? So, Beijing, Shanghai would have to have a higher score than, say, something like, or even maybe Tsinghua, maybe a little, or sorry, Chongqing would have to have a little lower score. But then, if you go to like a lower tiered city, um, you're, you could score lower than everybody else in those big cities and still get admitted. Well, people call that equity because, hey, you know, if you're in a little town called Wuzhou in the middle of Guangxi province, uh, you, how can you really compete with somebody from Shanghai or Beijing, a 30 million? population city with all the best universities and all the best companies and all the, and the richest cities and some the and all richest. the best
1: lower schools like and all the best lower young schools.
0: kid everything yeah everything yeah um so it's like how do you compete and so they lowered the score a lot of people are upset They're about just that. about that of course it sounds very
1: similar i love when you talk about your time there i love it uh, of
0: course so you're people you're, so you have people in, in shanghai that says hey you know what i scored and i have no clue what the scores are i scored a 700 on, on the thing and they scored a 560 and they got in and i didn't there are,
1: it pisses people off. Sure, it's as well, yep. And it pisses
0: parents off, it pisses people off. But is that equality and equity? Are you creating a, uh, again, it's a very big conversation. A lot of people in Beijing and Shanghai say, hey, they should study harder. I'm sorry, you know? So I don't know, it's just an interesting.
1: So nuanced, so nuanced. It's just not a, as simple as people think.
0: All right, let's, let's move to the next SCOTUS case because I love talking about these cases. This one's gonna be you. This one is my. This one is my actual favorite. What the states were arguing is that the state legislature draws the maps.
1: Oh, gerrymandering type situation. Yeah, so
0: they're saying, hey, whatever maps we are the legislature. Whatever maps we make, those are the maps because we're the the state and we're drawing it. Well, the supreme and they said that the supreme court and the governor they they don't have any say in this, but basically the supreme court. Well, that made its way out to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court ruled, and honestly, this is a very mixed ruling. They said, hey, you know what? No, the Supreme Court has a right to overturn your maps if they are deemed unconstitutional by your state or not by the bylaws or the or the charters that were created to guide the map drawing in your state. And so they put it back to say, hey, the courts can be involved.
1: The Supreme Court or the state Supreme Court? The state Supreme the Court. State
0: Supreme, Courts. state Supreme Court, okay. So this opens up a whole new a whole new thing. For example, um, hmm. Wisconsin is one that's being talked about quite a lot because a, a liberal progressive uh, chief justice was just appointed or just elected to you know, head their court. But they have one of the most gerrymandered Republican-leaning states in the country. So now that they're involved, do they get to overturn those lines and they go back to the drawing board? People are wondering now how's that going to lean. Um, <clears throat> Ohio is one of them that's people oh, are. talking. Oh man, taught. we're horrifically gerrymandered, but actually not as bad as we could have been. And I and this is so this is what's coming up. But we have we don't have a, a progressive
1: or liberal leading court. We have a conservative leaning court. Four, two or three and and four or five are Republic. the one Republican chief justice who's I think forced out by age coming up is Republican, but many times sides with the liberal justices. Who's that? Maureen O'Connor. She's, she's already gone. Is she already gone? Oh, she's yeah, yeah, already yeah. Gone. Okay, yeah. She's gotcha. already
0: gone. Yeah, she's already gone. Gotcha. So so that's the issue, is now that she was replaced by a conservative judge, what does that look like for our maps? So it was Maureen O'Connor that was, that was making rulings this whole time, going like, no, these maps are unconstitutional. Take them back. No, these maps are unconstitutional. Take them back. And so this was a compromise. This map was actually a compromise to give sort of fair districts to certain places, Cincinnati, uh, Akron, um, out by Marcy Captor in Toledo. And the GOP's pissed because we have uh, 10, because out of 15 seats, 10 are Republican, 5 are Democrat. We picked up a seat and they're not happy about this. So what people are are asking is like, okay, now that the Supreme Court isn't involved, that is now going to be even more conservative Are they going to, and we're redrawing the maps again, are they going to actually chop this up in a way that takes away those two seats? Are we going to go to a 12-3 or even a 13-2? And then it will be affirmed by the Supreme Court. But this is happening in all kinds of places around the country, now that the courts are involved, of how to, the lean of the court is going to now also weigh in on what the congressional maps is. And the Supreme Court ruled that, yes, they should. It's not just the legislature it is the Supreme Court as well, the state Supreme Court.
1: Yeah, well, I I think uh, that's good, I agree with it. I'd like to know who, uh, I'm assuming it was the three liberal justices and which ones of the other justices sided in the majority on that. Um, But yeah, I mean, gerrymandering coming from Ohio is the most laughable thing. You know, and Republicans in Ohio actually think it's laughable. The Fair Maps Coalition Group is very much bipartisan of, of unconnected civilians, just voters. You know the way that some of these districts are drawn are just on the face, just extremely laughable. I mean, we've known this for a long time. So, uh, I'm while I'm glad about the United States Supreme Court decision sending it back to the courts. Um, again, I always use Animal Farm. Uh, there's a lot of and like you were talking about with the federal government and how the federal government does PPP loans to it. Our, our states, and this is what I tell my Republican friends in Ohio, you know, your folly is in thinking that Mike DeWine, uh, the Republicans at the State House, the conservative justice on the Supreme Court, you know, care about you or fairness, you know what I mean, or the voter. It, it's all these power games and manipulations of kind of what's fair, manipulation of what's fair. So uh, Wisconsin, they may try and say, "Hey, you need to have this range of people, and you can't have, you know, the tip of a place so far away from the the opposite tip, you know, the caddy corner tip of a place." Because these maps, all you gotta do is look at them. All you gotta do is look at them and be like, "Oh, th- that is such a joke. I mean, how is this a district?" Right. You know. So, but I think the battle will be ongoing uh, in these states. Um, Ohio should largely be um, winnable for each side, right? Even though where we sit now in 2023, it's a Republican state, Um, both sides should have to campaign. One thing you always talk about is the Democrats give up on Ohio. You know, the national Democrats kind of give up on Ohio. And I, well, I, don't think they should give up on it. I understand why they, why they go that route. I wouldn't if I were in charge, but again, the, the, de- the deck is so stacked against Democrats here on, in those district levels. And so we should have competitive races. This is why, again, why we need like a better, more fair, more honest media, and we'll get to that with RFK, is you want two candidates telling all the people that live in a place I'm for this, I'm for that. You pick, both sides have a shot. And this just takes all the kind of policy arguments and democracy out of the Democratic process. You know that 12 Republicans are going to win, and you know that here in Cleveland, three Democrats are gonna win, and the three purposely Democratic-drawn slices. Right. You know, so, it's completely ridiculous. It gets it's gotten toward attacking our democracy too much, where people don't even feel our, they need to go vote.
0: Our democracy is is completely um, in, in tatters, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but, oh, but to answer your question, who are the judges? Um, of course, three liberal judges. We had uh, Sotomayor, Kagan, um, Brown, Jackson. Chief Justice Roberts uh, joined the majority opinion, um, and. Also, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett were joined.
1: Okay, so really, in the joint it was
0: across the. It was cross. So the,
1: Gorsuch stayed with the. Uh, you could argue psychos Alito and Thomas. Hey, I have no no hate for anybody, but Alito and Thomas are are pretty radical in how they do everything. Yeah, you know, it, it, it's
0: it's interesting um, that they kind of went that way. But you know what? Honestly, I think this was the this was obviously yes. the right decision. Yes. Yes. Um, even though we have other issues when we, the courts are involved because it's actually going to allow for the courts to double down on very gerrymandered maps. That's the problem. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen I, here in Ohio.
1: I live my life around judges. Judges, <coughs> um, sometimes they are very open-minded and, and think in a bigger systemic way. And other times they're very, very, very petty. And if the attorney on one side of an argument pisses them off, just pisses them off with something they say, how they woke up on, on which side of the bed in the morning. Sometimes they're extremely petty and they don't think systemically, you know what I mean? So I've seen both, you know, and so I think what you just said is right on the nose, right on the nose.
0: So um, political.com uh, wrote this about Ohio. It, it, this is going to have major effects on the long running fight in Ohio where the state Supreme Court has repeatedly struck down GOP maps there as illegal gerrymanders. Again, remember that was when O'Connor, uh, O'Connor was the Chief Justice, and she sided with the Liberal Justice, even though she was a conservative, in air quotes, the justice. Republican, yeah. um, Ohio Republicans have asked the nation's top court to intervene on similar grounds, but the court has not yet acted on their plea. Tuesday's ruling means that the fight would remain between the legislature and the Supreme Court. Uh, the the Supreme, Supreme Court said that they're not gonna take Ohio State, and I think it was yesterday or today, and they said, nah, Ohio, we already made a decision. This is how it works Yeah, you'll
1: have to adhere to this nationally, exactly.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they're like, you have to still go through the Supreme Court. That said, they put put this through the courts when the last Chief Justice was on the bench. It's a totally different ballgame right now. I will bet any money that we're going to see a 12-3 to maybe even a uh, 13-2. Republican to Democrat split within that comes out of 2024 Uh, and that means that I think that either um I think Amelia Sykes is going to lose her lose her seat uh, because they're going to put her and uh, Chantel Brown together um I think that uh we're going to see uh Marcy be have a hell of a fight and I think that she's going to be in danger of losing her seat um but I think they're going to go after Lansman as well down in Cincinnati um I think the only two you're going to have left after all this um if I was the Republicans, and I don't see any reason why they wouldn't do this, is just keep Chantel Brown and Joyce Beatty. That's it, and everybody else get drawn out.
1: Yeah, I mean, that gets back to one thing I said about um, just how badly this breaks our democracy, right? Like, you right i ran you ran but you ran for u.s congress district and it matters and it's like okay how i do if i do well or poorly isn't really based on if i win or not it's based on what percentage of the voters here are lifelong republicans and lifelong democrats and did i kind of beat that you know what i mean not if i like i think you ran a great campaign i think you did a great job it, it almost discourages you from running. It just discourages legitimate oh, debates.
0: I, I, I pop on the FEC website probably once or twice a week to see who's jumped in the race and how much they're, they're raising and stuff like that. Um, the fundraising deadline ended yesterday, so we're gonna see the reports come out in the next 15 days of how much everybody's raising for their, their um, candidacies but nobody's jumped in this race for Ohio seventh yet. Um, it's
1: sad, it's horrible. I mean, I think it's really bad.
0: There's a, there's a couple of places that people didn't jump in. There's a couple of places that people are in, but they have absolutely no chance of winning, for example. And and, and, I, and I hate saying that they have no chance of winning, but some places just have no chance of winning. For example, no, for sure. Ohio's fourth district against Jim Jordan. Tammy Wilson and Jeff Seitz, they're they're fighting their ass off. They're continuing to just go over there and run for Congress to have a Democrat on the ticket. Um, but they have no fucking chance at hell to beat Jim Jordan.
1: I think you have a really, really, really rigged democracy. I said in my race for, which is d- much different issues than this in terms of a broken democracy. I said that Justin Bibb was picked probably a couple of years before, uh, you know, a couple of years before the power players, the people who are in power are picking the candidates and they are picking the vote. They're basically, candidates picking their voters or, or the donors picking the voters and who's gonna, it's very backwards, it's very backwards. And so it's left people without power and without hope, which is really sad. I mean, you can't lose hope, can't lose hope, but these things are very jiggered, you know, they're very jiggered ahead of time. And it's, I mean, why can't we just have on open, honest debates? It's like these two power groups, the RNC, the DNC, and the donors behind them, you know, uh, we don't want this place to improve. We want it to decline at the, at the very top. It's nasty.
0: What else is on the list? Let's talk, let's talk about. Um, let's talk about. What do you want to do? We, we want to go to Russia. RFK, local, Bib, Cuddy, or Amazon. What uh, do you want we to go? I'd
1: save the local to the end. You know, I I think um, RFK another week of winning news cycles for him. Um, Glenn Greenwald, Tucker Carlson you know everybody uh just uh, he's on Fox he's on um I can't remember that one channel it's like a right wing channel not Newsmax a different oh, News one News Nation News Nation yeah, yeah yeah and um you know he gets slandered by kind of the old school establishment but it seems like he's a favorite of this new school atta- uh, establishment which to me is almost, since that you know that CNN MSNBC establishment has lost so much credibility, it really feels like he's picking up steam. Mm. I mean, it really feels like he's picking up steam. And every it's it's very Trump like. It's very Trump like. It's like you say he's a wacko, and then we see Joe Biden misspeaking yet again, or saying I sold secrets, or reading end of quote, or something like that. And yet you say this guy is completely unqualified and a wacko and his whole family hates him. And he answers that question beautifully every time, every time they'll say, you know, uh, five of your seven kids, they, uh, they think you're way off base on this. They think you don't know what you're talking about. They completely disagree. And he'll just say, so you and your family, does every one of your family members think that you're right about every issue? And it's like anybody that's had a, a Christmas or a Thanksgiving or a holiday or a New Year's, New Year's Eve party, it's like, no, with my best friends, tons of them disagree with everything I say, <laughs> you know. So uh, he crushes that one every time. And there's just a lack of credibility right now with your, your old school establishment saying uh, Biden is the stable one. And this random guy in our democracy is the wacko one. Now you have uh, in Ukraine, by the way, they just said we're not holding an election. We're not holding an election. And so this is getting very Orwellian. It's about do we have a democracy? This gets to the gerrymandering thing. Do we have a democracy? Can we treat these candidates fairly and let them both speak and not judge them, not tell you how to think about them, or you know not? And people are erring on the side of you know well, I want to hear more of what RFK is saying. I'm going to find him whatever platform he's on, and he's on every platform right now. I, I've seen a little bit of it, not all of it, but. It seems like he's winning every week, you know, with uh, the popul- with the populist part of the country. I think that
0: I, I would very much like to make sure that, what do I wanna say? Just because Donald Trump did it, doesn't mean that he's gonna do it. And I see that there's a lot of people one of the new ways of campaigning, and he's doing the you know the podcast touring and his message out there, and, and so on and so forth. But one of the newer things that people do for campaigning is they try to build up followers on like Twitter and Instagram and TikTok and whatever. And, it, and because of their online p- popularity, they are disconnected to what the people actually think about them. And and so I've I have seen. <clears throat> Multiple times, people with many, 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 many more followers than the than the um, than, their, than their opponent in the primary or even in the general um, tweet and, and, and engage online and get like you know ten thousand likes and five thousand retweets and yep. they have 1. Two 5, online Two online and they have point 5, five million followers to the other person maybe ten thousand. And they get fucking slaughtered. That's right. Andrew and
1: Yang's a perfect example.
0: Andrew's, Andrew Yang's a perfect example. Um, Nina Turner's an example. Yes, Nina
1: Turner's a great example.
0: Um, we just, I mean, we just, we just have so much of this. And so, what I, I am worried about with RFK is that he actually isn't really out there connecting in a way that people actually. He's not running a campaign that's for the people, but he's running a campaign that's for his campaign for like um, almost like a purpose of like, hey, you know what, we're on all these big shows, therefore we're doing well. Are you really? Right, right, right. Are you really doing well? So, I mean, and again, I don't trust polling, but polling is coming out mm-hmm. that uh, people are, are kind of losing the, I guess, hype for RFK. Now, again, I don't trust polling and polling yes, could, yes. could be you know, good point. skewed And and, and this could be, and this absolutely could be part of like a DNC um, misinformation to try to discredit RFK and get people not excited about him anymore. I understand that. But I also am very worried that um, he is going to live too much within the media bubble.
1: His bubble, yeah. The online
0: bubble. And not really understand where this places him within the election.
1: Yeah. uh, I think that's a really good point. I think... um... Twitter is not real life, right? That's the true, well-said, uh, over-said cliche. But it's completely true. Now, and this is why Trump always talks about ratings. Ratings, 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 ratings. So uh, is Biden's kind of vote um, threatened from... Now, I think it's threatened just from kind of his acuity, you know, not really this RFK thing. Yeah, This is Biden's foot to lose. He's yeah. going to lose it. Yeah. I don't think
0: that RFK is going to win it. Biden will lose it.
1: Yeah, but I do think that when the New York Times, I'm sure the New York Times has lost numerous subscriptions over the years, paid subscriptions. When the New York Times just immediately slaps, you know, this guy's a wacko on it. uh, um, The Washington Post, all these old institutions, um, that is getting to the Trump voter. Again, Ohio is a place that both Barack Obama won by a lot and Trump won by a lot. So populism is very important. Populism is very important and people um, largely distrust the media. And so when the New York Times does these things, as they did to Trump in the past, it's that I think get, strikes at the 70-year-old voter who is not on Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram like you were talking about, listening to podcasts, you know, things like that. So it just depends on Biden's 81 million votes. And again, a lot of that's going to be an elderly kind of... Um, Conservative Democrat, if you will, an elderly conservative Democrat, and then very young voters, very young voters. And so
0: I, I disagree with with his honestly. People compare are, are comparing this Democrat, RFK Jr., uh, to Donald Trump's game a lot, saying that you know Donald Trump didn't have a ground game, uh, RFK doesn't have a ground game as of now. They're just doing the media tours. They're getting very popular with that, and so on and so forth. Uh, when you demonize RFK, a lot of people look at Trump, as you just said, and they go, oh, this is the, what they did to Trump. Yeah, That is not gonna work for RFK because he's running as a Democrat. So it doesn't really matter how much, and I said this last time, how much uh, the, the Republicans like RFK and how much they think it's like Trump, unless they are in an open primary state right. and will pull a Democratic ballot and vote for the guy, which you're not gonna get enough to do that, right. you are not gonna get him elected. We don't give. he should not give a shit about anything the Republicans are saying right now, even if he wants to, unless he's going to run it as an independent or if he's going to change the ticket to become a Republican. He, does, he shouldn't give a shit. It's all about the Democratic primary voter. And so and so if he, he has two choices, number one, excite them to come out and vote for him, which the, the base is tearing them down. So the, there's a, the, still enough Democrats uh, that are going to get the the, the the party slate sure. and go in there and par- vote the party slate. That is going to happen, and honestly, just those people are going to be enough to take out RFK Jr.
1: Yeah, uh, un- uh, again, like unless Biden, a- and again, uh, RFK is not the only not the only primary candidate out there. Which this is almost getting uh, sad. Well, good for his campaign, but sad in general that it's just like uh, RFK and Trump and and Biden. That's not right. That's not fair to uh, all the others, including the Republican ones. Um, but I think, yes, Tucker and Rogan are um, kind of this in this online bubble, but I do think that Fox has lost viewers. I do think that CNN and MSNBC have sure. lost viewers. I do think the New York Times has lost viewers. Sure. And so it seems like, um, Unless Joe Biden and Donald Trump are going to jump on, they don't the have tu- to. Uh, it, well, they they really don't. But really if, don't if you want if you want votes to stay as high as they were four years ago, because I think you're right. I, I don't think that RFK can can win. You know, at, at this point. But I think it's important for um, mm. <clears throat> the establishment slash uh, establishments, uh, you know, to show the rest of the world that we have a democracy here and that people vote because they want something to vote for. And like we talk about Biden with student loans, that's one of his only policy proposals on his campaign. You know, I don't think right now people are excited to go vote for either Trump or Biden, but they're still dominating. And you have a lot of non-online people that is just gonna go do that, you know? So it just depends, I mean, are we gonna have, Are we going to have debates? Is Biden going to slip up even worse than he's been slipping up? Is Trump going to get back to the ridiculousness? You know, the tweeting about Rosie O'Donnell being fat, things like that. Um, There's just, there's not much policy there. And this seems to be the only guy saying, hey, we need to defund wars. We need to defund wars. Uh, Again,
0: um, like them as much as you want to like them. If you're not playing the 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 favorite tracks of the base then you're not going to win the primary and there is uh the there are the popular songs right if you're the the pop songs are the pop songs because they're they're popular that's why they're called pop songs right and so if he's going to be playing these uh old school tracks or these uh you know new indie hits that people don't really jive with because they haven't heard them 40 times you know then yeah, like they might be great songs, but you're not going to get the votes. they're not yeah.
1: going to chart. What What you said about ground game is it rings true a little bit because, uh, as somebody who kind of studies elections and really loves, like you were talking about Judge Michael Ryan before we started. If you really follow elections, and frankly, unfortunately, I don't believe most people do. If you really follow elections and you know people and you know like judges and things like that, it, you get the mailers like the mailers is such a big part of it you know and and i literally had people tell me oh i didn't get anything from you i didn't get well i didn't have the money to send it (laughs) i didn't have the money to send it you know so um people will literally stack those mailers and uh but they're not online they don't trust the media so i do think they are more traditional as opposed to outside the box you know and like you're saying the pop hits you know so It's going to be interesting, but I I can't fault him and his campaign for the route they're going right now. Uh, I don't think it's enough. Um, I don't think DeSantis has enough. I don't think Tim Scott has enough. I don't think Marion Williamson or Cornell West has enough. But just like we were talking about gerrymandering in Ohio, I wish you could see a policy debate. I wish you could see a pie, I wanna know what RFK thinks about student loan forgiveness. You know, I haven't heard him talk about that once. No, he did, he mentioned that. what did
0: he say? He he mentioned that, he made made tweets about the SCOTUS rulings. Oh, just yesterday? Yeah, Um, Okay. and I I was actually looking them, trying to look them up, but Twitter won't load for some reason. I've been having problems with
1: Twitter yeah, lately. We need to know where all these candidates stand on these policy issues. And he, an he, he tweeted decision. about
0: affirmative action. He tweeted about all of these different okay. things, to be honest with you.
1: He and seems to be doing a lot of populist stuff, even like the border wall. They're lined up at the border. And look at this video I took at 2 AM in the morning. Well, see, There's some silliness there.
0: No, no, again, play the hits. He, he doesn't understand what, what records he should be playing for this, for this event. This is, this is the, we just got done with the wedding. Um, we're at the, we're at the after party. We're at the reception. You have to play, uh, a little bit softer now, usher, a little yeah. bit softer. Yeah. Now you have to play usher. You usher, have to, yeah. <laughs> you, have, you, you have to play all the hits that everybody knows at every fucking wedding, you know, Hey, yeah. you know, you have to play that shit. And he's trying not, he's not playing the, playing the, the, the songs that everybody knows at the, at the reception. So, but he, instead he's playing the border wall, bro, you're at the wrong event. Yeah. You're not at the wedding you're at some other event you gotta change your playlist.
1: Well, that was weird when Biden did a tweet like six months ago about how the Republicans were uh, stopping funding for, I don't know if it was a wall or what, it was very pro like uh, uh, immigration kind of hate stoking tweet. I really didn't like it, it was very upsetting to me. And I think, yeah, I don't think the Democrat base buys um, blaming Cleveland and Ohio's problems on immigration. I don't think that's ever been something that democrats throughout the country vote on so when you see that it's like these people are saying rfk is trying to weaken biden but this would this would help him against trump you know this would help him against trump so that made no sense to me
0: yeah he's not i i honestly don't think he's playing the hits and i don't think that he's i think that he's speaking his truth and that's what you know everybody wants a candidate to do um, but again, yeah, I agree with that. And, and everybody wants a candidate to do that, but if you're not playing the hits, then you're not playing the hits. And there are some Democrat hits that are just gonna, are gonna that you need to play at the event. You have to play them. You have to save this policy. This is what the Democrats are, have been campaigning on. So you better fucking say it. <laughs> you better say it. Yeah, um, he's
1: got a mix of, of kind of good populism that we're lacking from Marianne Williamson and DeSantis and some. he always got a mix of kind of good, Hits and then weird, no, he's weird the, indie rock. No,
0: he's he's in the wrong party. He's playing the hits for the general election. He's trying he's trying to get votes in the general election. If you were going to talk about border and you wanted you, and you didn't want another Trump, if you were an anti-Trumper or a never a never Trumper, then maybe you would vote for him because he said, like, oh yeah, border. And you wouldn't You're because the, of DeSantis and all that. Bro, you brought the everyone. wrong CD stack to the wrong event. Go home, get the Democrat CDs, and put them on right fucking now. Put them in your CD changer because I know he still has a five-disc CD well, changer, one of those ones that swirl on the top. By Iowa or whatever.
1: But I, I think what you're, I think <laughs> one thing that you're leaving out is literally his legal name is Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And so you know, we talk about name recognition and how silly it is, but how true it is. You know, there's going to be, de- those, those Kennedys were Democrats. And there are, there are people that are turning away from the news that aren't online to begin with, that loved his father and his uncle. So we're not you know, saying so,
0: different things. What, so what are you saying?
1: Well, I'm just saying that, that he's got that type of, um, those, that, that hit, that's the ultimate hit. That's Elvis Presley, that's Michael Jackson. That,
0: no, that, no. It's the I, ultimate that, that, hit. That is not a hit. Saying my name is not a hit. It is saying the saying my name. Saying my name gets me booked as the DJ. That's the only thing. That means that I said I will DJ. You, I will DJ your event, and because because I am DJ Kennedy, and they said, oh hell yeah, we want DJ Kennedy. Let's hear that guy play. And then you put on some bullshit, and they're like, bro, you're not even playing the songs that we
1: like. Yeah, but is but is Joe Biden? I mean, again, is Joe Biden? So it, it, what I'm saying is. People, the same way, this is how Trump got elected. People did not want to vote for the Bushes anymore. They did not want to vote for the Bushes. And, I disagree and, with and, that.
0: They didn't, want to vote for, they didn't want to vote for Hillary.
1: No, they didn't want to vote for, he won a primary. Hillary wasn't in that primary. He won a primary against the Bush,
0: that's a Cruz, true, that's true, that's and true. all this
1: stuff. And I, he I, wanted going away. Again,
0: we're not saying different things. We're not saying different things. But he played to the Republican base. I Kennedy, Kennedy is playing to, uh, to, for some reason, he's trying to get Republicans to vote for him.
1: Well, okay, so I don't disagree with that, in the and it's like, yeah, the yeah, do that in the general. Well, not now, bro. But, but remember, remember, and, it, part of and what again, I'm saying, I think he's in a bubble of online. Of, of he's oh, just because he went on, on Tucker Carlson doesn't mean that you get votes. Okay, I agree with that. Everything you just said, I agree with. That being said, there are a bunch of people who are not online who think Biden's too old. These are de- now I'm talking about Democrats. Now mm-hmm. I'm talking about the conservative Democrats or the you know the middling Democrats that will not, that do not feel comfortable. Voting for Biden, he cannot complete a sentence many of the times. Many of the times, and so he has that that the biggest hit of them all Michael Jackson thriller, Robert <laughs> F. Kennedy. They're not listening to any of this stuff, they, they're not listening to any of this stuff. They're not online, that he's not on CNN, they're not, you know, except to say he's an anti vax, you know, wacko, which CNN's lost all credibility, you know, before that. He has Michael Jackson Thriller in his name, which will get him some votes. It will get him some votes.
0: Okay, I I, I do agree with that. I I do agree with that. Um, Look, the reason why I think that we're debating this, and I think without just debating our sides of how I think that they should run a campaign, and maybe they have a long-term plan, I I kind of hope they do, is because we both want to see a more vibrant, rich debate democracy with people out there sharing ideas. And when Kennedy, like him or hate him, agree with him or don't, or, or don't, came out and said, I am going to primary an incumbent sitting president, I think that a lot of people, at least like us, went, this is exactly what a democracy is yes. to be. You should not rubber stamp. And I know that the DNC, that's their job, is to rubber stamp the president, but at least somebody came in and had the balls to primary <laughs> him. And he's actually getting uh, airplay from these different people. and, and now now I think these people are saying is just, don't fuck
1: it your, up. your whole foreign policy, the biggest advertisement we do is, Ukraine needs us to save democracy. Vietnam needs us to save their democracy. Cuba needs democracy. And it, the exact, what you just said, dead on the nose, we, the gerrymandering, right? Not gonna run because they've made it, 65% are not even gonna run. You know, no one got, needs to listen to shit. They all know who's gonna win. We need a robust democracy. I'm not sitting here telling you, you put a gun to my head. I don't think of RFK is the president, anything is gonna change. I don't, but I wanna see him and Joe Biden argue with each other. You know? mm-hmm. I wanna see them argue with each other. Right.
0: Again, I think Julian Castro said it the best, best uh, a couple weeks ago on a podcast, and he said, we can't champion democracy if we don't, if we don't role model democracy. And if, you, if we don't wanna champion democracy, even if it's messy and it doesn't go the way that we want it, then do not fucking say that we are the party for democracy. Preach. It is absolutely fucking bullshit. It's disingenuous, and it's just gaslighting everybody. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and, and I'll go a step further. In Ukraine, if Zelensky was overwhelmingly popular, that election would go forward that election would go forward if he was overwhelmingly popular. And now they've said, while we're in war, which we know in Afghanistan, in Vietnam, we know this can take forever. While we're at war, we, for the safety's sake of the population, no, no elections, no elections. That's not, the, that's fucking ridiculous.
0: Where do we wanna go for this? Do we wanna to go to Kid Cudi, this Russian thing, Amazon?
1: Um, Yeah, you know, I think all three are very important. I think the Kid Cudi thing is the thing that most, you know, people our age might know. I mean, it's really stupid. Um, But yeah, I mean, Kid Cudi did an Instagram post that he couldn't make it happen, his outdoor festival in Cleveland. And he's from Cleveland, a Cleveland rapper, very popular nationally. But it's all about Cleveland, Shaker
0: Heights, to be exact, right?
1: Fair. Um, I don't know if MGK was Shaker Heights. I don't know where Kid Cudi's from exactly. Sha- uh, MGK was Shaker Heights. Oh, okay. So um, then Justin Bibb, the, our mayor, you know, tweets out, "Hey, uh, it tweets at Kid Cudi. I'd love to make this happen." Word comes out from the city, "Hey, we never even got a request for um, certification or whatever. Uh, you know, allowance for. It. We never even got a request from the Kid Cudi team for this." And so for me, it gets to something that we always talk about: who's got influence? What do our pe- what do our leaders care about? Because you got tenants in a trailer park in Collinwood they got no grocery store, and now the, the, they're taking away their trailer parks. They're kind of buying it and evicting them. Ooh. Um, west uh, the, the land reserve, the land reserve nonprofit, okay, uh, conservancy, you know, so. But nonetheless, there are people with real, real problems. Your voters, your taxpayers, they can't get that. They can't get that response. They can't get that response on Twitter. (laughs) You know what I mean? We have, like I said, a very racist criminal justice system driving while black is still still a crime in Northeast Ohio, (laughs) you know. So we have people with real problems, people that need a grocery store. They need to buy, be able to buy fruits and vegetables. You know, we've got the defunding of the public schools. Not everywhere is Bay Village. You know what I mean? People with real problems Response to this, is going to take care of this, going to help probably suburbans who can afford it. We know who goes to these sporting events. It's not Clevelanders. This is the mayor of Cleveland, not even the Cuyahoga County executive. And uh, again, it's just a miss. They're just missed priorities. They're just, it's just bad backwards priorities.
0: Well, I mean, I think, it, I, I, I cannot disagree. I mean, I think it shows that, um, I actually I don't know if I disagree or not, but my, my my view on this is that it's showing that we have a young mayor that is trying to make sure that the that Clevelanders uh, are exposed to arts and culture, um, that, you know, he, he's not afraid to put his um, office in that, Discussion uh, to make sure that people are getting permits to do you know good events here. Uh, Kid Cuddy is a Cleveland-born um, you know uh, artist, and I, that's great. Uh, we just had uh, uh, news that the other day that they're going to take uh, what is it, 99th and St Clair in terms oh, yeah, of Bone
1: Thugs, Bone and
0: Thugs, bone, bone Thugs Way, beautiful um, Bone Thugs and Harmony. People way. are going
1: to steal that street sign a lot. Shit, I might
0: go down there and steal the street, <laughs> street sign. It's, it's, it's about damn time. Uh, they better bolt that fucking thing. Like, right, to, right. Yeah, they must cement that shit yeah. to the ground or something. Um, but I mean, th- that's good. These are Cleveland artists. And I think that if you want to get Cleveland to be, have a good identity, things like this and promoting our you know, rich legacy of Cleveland artists that are not even, sometimes we don't even know they're Cleveland artists. A lot of people didn't know, oh, Tom Hanks, Cleveland, and then until he did the Cleveland Guardians thing, the when we changed the name, uh, you know, Steve Harvey Steve
1: Harvey, Halle Berry Steve Harvey
0: yeah. is, is like one Drew of Drew Carey is, the, is, is, just, is just a goat in my opinion mm-hmm. Drew Carey, whatever but there's all kinds of them that we don't even really think about but Cleveland has such a rich history of artists that move out of here how do we bring that legacy back? and I think that this is one of those things that I think Bib did a good job saying like hey you can't do a concert here what happened? it didn't go well in the, the other venue no, no, let's work this out because this is only good for our city no, I, I don't again, mind
1: having concerts he's and-
0: He's walking two gum, gum at the yes. same time, Bib. I mean, yeah, this is something he should be doing. If you yes. say he should be doing other things too, that's fine. But don't say he shouldn't do this. Right,
1: exactly. I'm not, I'm not anti-concert, but I, I just know that, of course I'm not anti-concert. I, I just know that for, for decades, from pre-Frank Jackson, maybe even from pre-Mike White, we have prioritized concerts, all-star weekends, sporting events, Um, the Rock Hall, you know, things like that, that's our priority under the guise of this is going to help tourism, this is going to help the economy, this is going to create jobs. And I personally know that, okay, well, you picked winners and losers, and the winners you picked, you were kind of wrong about, like people continue to leave, we are number two in the nation in poverty, there's a lot of cities in the country, number two is unacceptable to me personally, you know what I mean? So Get your priority straight. To your point, absolutely walk and chew come and see him. they are getting back to the other cities in the country. There are other cities in the country that take care of their poor residents, uh, help their poor residents maybe get up and out of poverty, don't get don't throw everybody in don't throw everybody in jail, you know, and we do concerts. And we do right, concerts. Right, 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 you know? right, right. So it, it was just how quickly he responded it was like, man, these people getting evicted from their trailer parks when you campaigned on affordable housing they ain't gotten a response in months and you're not you're going to continue to ignore them you're going to continue to right
0: them. right so. no i understand i totally understand that um yeah well i think it's been long enough we've been doing about an hour 20 minutes so Ooh. this is a long one today it was but- a good
1: one we'll keep the other topics on and, I- and i'll look at those supreme court decisions all
0: right but really quick wait. what's your opinion on this old russian thing
1: I think we can't trust anything that our media tells us. I think when I saw the Tucker Carlson first episode and he said, you know, because Tuck, as somebody who's settled a lot of civil law suits, it's hard for me to think that Dominion cared about who Fox hired. That's never been a part of any settlement that I've been a part of, right? But Tucker works, right? I think the mass media. Works to miseducate the masses. So when I saw Tucker get on there and say uh, Ukraine blew up the Nord Stream Two pipeline, for me, I take that as this is what he wants us to believe. I, you know, I'm trying to read independent journalists who are not connected to the establishment, sure. who do not have these platforms. What about this coup? With the coup, I there are two ways to read it. What we're being told is, wow, they're uprising against. Putin. There's an uprising against Putin. Putin doesn't have the support of the the Russians or the Russian military. The other way to read it is, hey, this is a mercenary group. This is an oligarch here running this thing. Uh, Putin knew this kind of part of the battle with Ukraine and with these mercenaries was coming, and he quickly uh, kind of made an agreement to just get this guy out of there and kind of bring those mercenaries back into his fold, you know, into his fold. So the other side of it is Putin is in complete control and knows what he's doing. The American side of this is there is a huge uprising against Putin and Putin's lost control. So there are two ways to read it. I don't know the answer, Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer, but I'm not going to parrot and repeat what I hear from mainstream sources.
0: The way, uh, so uh, I uh, <clears throat> again, who knows the actual truth yes. um, about this? But I, I, I think that I think for when I was, when I've been thinking about it, that it always came down to the same thing. But which which angle are we looking at it from? I think that this guy w- marched through Russia, going to Moscow. And he was trying to trying to get people on his side. And it was either generals or other um, uh, soldiers or so on and so forth. And I don't know if it's one of two things. The first one, was he actually trying to stage a coup or takeover or go against Putin? Um, and he was seeing who was going to join him because there's probably a lot of criticism from from generals and whatever. Um, and And he didn't get the support. And so by the time he got there, he was just like yeah this isn't working out for the best for me and Putin's like and Putin looks at this and goes okay do I and I this is not an original idea but do I have a fight with him have Russian and Russian bloodshed and it looks like we're out of control or just tell him to fuck off and go away uh that's the first idea but the second idea is the same exact thing was he marching to try to pick up all of these generals and um um and try to gain support working with Putin to see who was against him, because I think Putin wants to ramp it up. Because and if he ramps up the uh, offensive against Ukraine, he doesn't want any of the generals or any of the troops or whatever, you know, not being fully committed. And so he's like, "Who's gonna who's gonna join this guy and try to overthrow me?" And let's nip this in the bud. And where I was working with 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 the mercenaries and the Wagner group group. And so, long story short, two things happened the same way, maybe for different reasons. That's the way I, I'm looking at this. Is like when I first saw saw it, I was like. This guy is working with Putin, and they're trying to they're trying to figure out who's going to join this guy and and who's going to uh, betray Putin in this whole initiative because they're going to ramp up ramp it up in Ukraine, and so anyway, next three months I think that you're going to see a huge a huge build up from Russia, and it's going to be gnarly.
1: Yeah, we're 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 going to continue learning about this war and this dispute and the nuances in it. I would just be cautious to listen. This is like we talk about pharma. I would be cautious uh, for Northrop, Northrop, you know, these big war companies, uh, these big contractors that get their money into the media. You know, I would be careful to get your news from, you know, compromised profit-seeking corporations, you know, so go to the independent people who you know, I'll look up Al Jazeera, you know what I mean? Things like this. It's hard to know what's true outside our borders. It's hard to know what's true. So shit it's hard to know what's true inside borders. Inside of our of borders, right? right. <laughs> All right, bro, yeah. i want to talk to you. Thanks, man.